It's been an unforgettable World Cup for the Socceroos, where we equalled our best performance of reaching the round of 16, before the heartbreaking but hard-fought 2-1 loss to Argentina on Sunday morning. So how do we harness the energy of the immense fan support for the men's side, the Socceroos, into support for our domestic A-leagues for both men and women, and the Women's World Cup, which is going to be held in Australia and New Zealand very soon in July and August next year? Graham Arnold, uh, Socceroos manager, says we need a new home for football in this country. Joining me now is Lucy Zelich, football journalist and presenter. Lucy, what is the one most important thing for the future of Australian football? I don't even know that there's one most important thing. Firstly, thanks for having me on. Um, you know, it's it's a really difficult question to answer because there are so many elements and factors that go into creating a successful future for Australian football. Um, and it goes beyond us just experiencing the glory, the excitement and the, and the success when tournaments roll around. Um, you know, we, we've all seen how much the country erupted. Over 60,000 people attending live sites, millions tuning in to watch it. Um, you know, it was a heroic performance. It was historic. It was wonderful to be a part of it, to bear witness to it for those of us inside the football fraternity and outside of it. But what we need to do is is actually transfer those who are outside of the football fraternity who perhaps have a love for the game but not that much of an interest in it that drives them to attend A-League matches and get them to come to the games. We've got to start thinking about how is football going to reach its optimum potential in this country. And we've all known for so long, Sarah, that, that we actually have it in us. We've got the capacity to achieve great heights, to become a true football nation, and to experience wonderful things, not just from the participation level at the grassroots, but also to seeing that that, that transfer of fans who love cheering on the green and gold, whether it be the Socceroos or the Matildas, who are really the darlings of Australian sport, let's be honest. Um, transferring those fans um, and, and seeing those participation and attendance rates in the A-Leagues, which is really crucial for us right now. France and England have pretty famous national football academies. Can we match that? Should we be taking that course? Is that what we need? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think you'll hear from Graham Arnold, I'm sure, and, and uh, when I've spoken to him so many times over the years, and, and, and several others, including Ron Smith, who was, the, you know, one of the head coaches there at the Australian Institute of Sport and in charge of the golden generation effectively and oversaw so many of, you know, the country's most talented and brightest players that we've ever produced. Uh, you know, when the Australian Institute of Sport was in existence, we really had a, 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 a national centralised hub that focused solely on the development of young players and players that were going to be effectively the future of Australian football that we expected to go on to play for the Ollie Roos, to play for the Socceroos and, and to represent the country. They were the best of the best. And since we abolished that program, we've really now relied on so many of these players to, to effectively be dispersed to A-League clubs. Now, say, for example, if you are a, a young kid living in Brisbane right now, Brisbane Raw recently announced that they've uh, scrapped some of their youth development programs and that, that they won't be focusing on developing younger players, uh, which is really worrying. And um, and when you're relying on these clubs uh, externally to take these matters into their own hands, what does that say for us for the future of our youth, for the future of 
for, for example, the Socceroos. Who can we rely on to develop these young players? Claire Fontaine, you know, over in, in France in particular, is responsible for developing some of the greatest players and, and for the future of, of French football. They've got 13 facilities and the best facilities that they can provide for these players, the best environments, the optimum levels that they can reach in terms of their footballing potential, all designed to get them to be the best footballers they can be. We don't have that anymore. And, uh, and I know that so many prominent people in, in Australian football Graham Arnold included, as I said earlier, are really pushing for that to return because it's it's important for us. We, we don't have proper youth development pathways now and, and the system is effectively broken and has been fractured for a very, very long time. Um, you know, one of the biggest bugbears that I have is, is the amount of, of money that we're charging these young kids just to play. In New South Wales, for example, if you've got young kids in the SAP program, some of those, you know, some of those kids, um, you know, th- their parents are having to fork out upwards of $3,000 per child just for them to play play football. Now, if you're a parent who's perhaps struggling financially and particularly after coming out of a pandemic and you've got multiple kids that love the game, that want to play the game, you simply can't afford that. Uh, and, and I've been advocating for this for a really long time. The, the, the state bodies really need to start looking intrinsically at what they can do to reduce costs to ensure that we're not missing any young, talented kids who potentially could choose other sports like AFL, cricket, rugby league or what have you that are far cheaper. Um, uh, and, and, you know, that, that really ultimately hurts football in the long run. It has to be said that if you loved the Socceroos in Qatar, you can see a lot of those stars playing in the A-League. You can see Matildas playing in the A-League women this weekend. Um, how do we harness this momentum very briefly for the Matildas, for the Women's World Cup that we are hosting in a few short months? So I know, and, and you know, that, that would be an excellent question also for Football Australia, for the Chiefs there, because what I do know that they have developed is the, uh, the, the Legacy 23 program, which has amassed to date over $230 million in funding across participating states and several other territories as well, which is really important because at this stage, we need to know now that we have a plan, that we have a plan that it's going to extend beyond the actual tournament. Asian Cup roll by where we effectively win the tournament and we don't have anything off the back of that. We don't have any support financially. We don't see any prosperity as a result of hosting and then subsequently winning the tournament. So I think it's important that Football Australia have developed this because ultimately they themselves have recognised that they need to develop a plan in order to generate a legacy, in order for the community to overall benefit from this. The aim is to increase participation, improve facilities, because facilities really Really, they're a big problem. We're we're a country that plays host to so many different sports, but when you've got young kids that are playing football week in, week out on cricket pitches, that's a real problem. Um, And you you can only speak to the Professional Footballers Australia, the the Players Union, to determine just from a statistical perspective how many young players are actually coming away with injuries because they're not playing on the proper surfaces. So in terms of, you know, building off this success – we need to start having better conversations internally within football to decide mm. what is it exactly that we need to do to improve ourselves in-house. So that means getting things in order, like I said earlier, about you know addressing grassroots participation levels, all of that, the, the, you know, the, the fees that we're charging parents, that's first and foremost for me, that's something that we need to really look at. Improving facilities, next thing, is also something really important that we need to address. But also then beyond that is thinking about, okay, so how do we get those fans 
who loved watching the Socceroos in this, you know, this past tournament that we've unfortunately been knocked out of. And in, even in previous tournaments and looking down the track ahead at other tournaments, how do we capture those fans and get them to go along to the A-Leagues, women's and men's matches? What do we do? And that's something that the owners have to really start asking themselves. How are we not getting fans through the gate? Are they overall, are they just disenchanted with the franchises? Have we expanded to the wrong places in the wrong areas? Western United, for example, there's so many questions that continue to be asked about why that team, for example, actually was awarded a licence. You know, I was privy to seeing some some pretty full-on documents, I will say, many years ago about the whole expansion process and where they thought that these teams should have been deployed in the country. Western United was pretty far down the rung. So a lot of these questions have come up and, you know, you, you've got to also address the fans. They've been disenchanted with the way that they've been treated for a really long time. Fans are going to games. It's being over-policed. They're feeling like they can't actually show their true passion. And, and you know, the things that we've been applauding them all for, as we've seen all the vision of across the live sites across the country, they're the same things that they're actually being admonished for when the A-League seasons are, are, you know, they're up and running. So those things need to be addressed. We need to look at, um, you know, a, a viable national second division. I know that Football Australia have announced plans for that to occur in the next couple of years. That's something that needs to happen. We need to also look at expansion. There are places like Canberra, and I'm, I'm being marginally biased here because I am Canberra born and raised, <laughs> but they're, they're, they're the nation's capital have been crying out for a team and they've got investors, they've got people on board who are looking to actually plug money into the game and into a particular team in Canberra. Why isn't it happening? A men's Tasmania. team, that is. They've got a, a very team, active a women's very, team and a very, very devoted active. fan base. Very active, very devoted, a very successful team in Canberra United. You know, one of my favourite players of all time, Michelle Heyman, plays for Canberra United. They're wonderful, but a men's team. They've got to have a men's team down there. Likewise, likewise Tasmania. Why don't we have a team down in there, Tasmania? You know, and, uh, and, and these are a lot of questions that we have to ask. And, and we can only start to address these things when we start having open and transparent conversations. And once they start to take place and we fix things in-house, then that's when we will invite government funding. That's when the sports minister will look to us to say, hey, if you guys are upset about what we're giving AFL, you've got your house in order, you've got, you know, 30,000 fans coming to your games every week and things look fantastic, we will plug money into the game. So I've been really vocal about it recently because, you know, football's biggest issues are football in this country um, and, and needing to let go of a lot of things that have occurred in the past and, and look towards a, a brighter future and how we can harness all the potential that we have and turn it into tangible success. Lucy Zelich, there is so much to say. I wanted to get your predictions for the Women's World Cup next year, but I don't think we've got time. Just tell me, are the Matildas <laughs> going to get out of the group stage? Yes or no? That's all oh, I want to well, know. Of course, of course they're going to get out of the group stage. <laughs> we, we want don't give me hope that you can't follow it. through through on. <laughs> no, we want them to go on and win the damn thing. Um, you know, that's what we're really aiming for and we've got the talent to do it. So okay. let's hold on to that, Australia. we got to go. Lucy Zelich, thank you so much. It's news time. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.